So hello everyone and welcome back to the Nesbitt Connection podcast. Uh, I'm doing the video again this time because uh, to me I felt more comfortable the last time I recorded a podcast on video because uh, let's face it, I'm used to kind of you know, speaking to, in groups with people and working with people in person. So to me this kind of makes me feel like I'm actually working in person with people and uh, I just I just find it a lot easier. So uh, welcome back and again, you know, you can catch this podcast on my YouTube channel and, and I'm certainly, I certainly would encourage you to uh, look it up and obviously share with with people you know. So uh, I, I just the theme of this podcast is um, it's been ten years. Uh, and there's a kind of an interesting story behind this because this past weekend uh, I celebrated it was ten years since I actually left. We'll call it the 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 a job that I spent twenty five years on. And if you have not heard the story, uh, if you go to my very first podcast, I can I kind of share with you some of the details of that. And I, I don't want to bore you uh, with a bunch of details in this podcast. But you know, the, the moral of the story is is after twenty five years of working for this one company, uh, I had changed. The company had changed, and I just wasn't a fit anymore. And I was essentially sent home in a taxi. And and I just want to point out that was by far, you know, the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, I maybe didn't really recognize it at the time, but I just I want to kind of bring you up to speed on it because some of it I got to kind of, you know, kind of think about this weekend because some of the stuff that happened I thought was. Uh, it was very special, we'll say. I, I, for one thing, I certainly found out, uh, you know, if you've ever been, we'll say, left the job, you've been out a long time in a, in a way that maybe wasn't positive. You know, chances are you've experienced uh, you know different feelings, and, and you don't know just uh, you know what, what's supposed to go on. And it, it, at the end of the day, it's just literally a way of life. You know, when you work someplace, you go into work every day. It's a way of life. It's not just a career. It's not just a job. It can be a way of life, and you get very used to it, and it, it becomes part of your identity. You know who you are. You know you you're will say. You're part of that brand, and when people see you, you expect them to think of you know you, you, know, you associate yourself with that company. But I just want to share something with you. You know, after I, I get sent home, I got to be honest. I was totally uh, humbled, and I was totally amazed at the amount of support that I got from not only friends, but I'm going to say from unexpected people that I never would have dreamt uh, that I would have got support from. Like my phone literally rang for three days straight. Uh, and again, I had people phone me that um, you know it was just it was it was very humbling that I had that many friends and then from the industry, and of course they're all concerned about me and you know there's some people kind of wanting the job you know to hire me so to speak and kind of uh, uh, you know just to kind of smooth me to see if I could maybe go there and I understand all that but at the same time there was a lot of friends, uh, so I just I want to share that with you because I thought that was pretty instrumental. There's a couple of things that I think that I learned that. You know, going through that, that was, um, I, I would say, was really good. Uh, one, one of the things was like, actually a gentleman who I had looked up to for many, many years was like a mentor. I really admired the gentleman. I'm, I'm not sure that he even, well, I know he didn't. I don't think, I don't think he even made it to high school. And he built one of the, uh, I think, all-time greatest companies in our area. And, and this guy just had a wicked sense of humor, and he had wisdom. And I'm, like, I'm going to tell you, that's a hard thing to come across today, somebody that has wisdom. This guy had wisdom. And I'll never forget what he told me. He says, you know something? He said, as long as you are in the, you know, in, in the, in the frame, you're never going to see the picture. 
And he said, you're by far better off out of that frame, as he called it. And he said, you know, your life's going to change. And you know, he actually offered me up a condo in Florida to go down there and spend some time just to kind of relax. And like I say, just you cannot believe how, how, how nice some of the people were. Uh, another thing that I'll never forget, it, a real good friend actually sent me the link to Steve Jobs's. Uh, commencement address at that Stanford University. And I watched that video, and I'm going to be honest with you, it almost brought tears to my eyes because it was so, it really hit home with me as where I was at. And, and uh, I just, you know, like I say, there was a few little details like that, you know, I'd never forgotten. And of course, you know, the, these friends, I'm still friends with them today. And uh, I think it's really good. But like I say, so this weekend was, it was the 10 year anniversary. And, and I'm not, um, I don't want to go on too much more about it, but I want to share with you some of the stuff that's obviously changed in 10 years, and most importantly, the stuff that I've learned. Because, you know, we all can learn if we want to. And I work with a lot of groups, and one of the things I say regularly is that each and every one of us have what I call teachable moments every day. Every day we have teachable moments However, not all of us, you know, slow down long enough to recognize, you know, what the lesson was. And I can't emphasize enough, you know, the toilet teachable moments, and I've had 10 years of them, and I can't emphasize enough just, you know, how much that I've grown. Just to give you a little example, so when my wife and I were married 25 years, I'm going to say it was... Uh, Oh, goodness, now, it was probably two or three years after I'd left and I started in business, we'd actually uh, planned a, a, year, a trip to Europe to, for our 25th wedding anniversary. And it was a fabulous trip. We spent three weeks in Europe. That was and went to Italy and Austria and Germany. That was my second time to Italy, and I just, I love Italy. Uh, I'm a food guy, so, of course, you know, Italy's my place. But I, I just want to share with you something that I thought was, uh, if, you, if you ever want to get like a, you know, one of those things that we'll call it stop shoe in your tracks. This trip to Italy really did it. My wife and I were walking down uh, a sidewalk in Rome, and she essentially turned to me and she just asked me the question. She said, like, who are you? And I thought, well, this, this can be kind of a loaded question, right, especially from your wife. And I says, well, what do you mean by that? Well, she says, you're not the same guy I married. She said, you know, the guy that I married, you know, wore cowboy boots and, and, and jeans and got dirty and played with equipment. And she said, now you're this guy that, you know, wears, a, wears sport jackets and, and, and you're, a, you know, a professional trainer. She said, like, who are you? You are not the guy that I married. Now, I'm going to tell you, to me, I took, maybe I'm not that smart, but I took that as a compliment. And, 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 the, and like, the thing is, is that, you know, what I've gone through, anybody can go through. You know, we can all become better. I love saying, you know, one of my favorite sayings is, you know, we can all be just a little bit better tomorrow than we are today. That's not a hard thing to strive for, but, you know, we can all be a little bit better tomorrow, you know, than we are today. It's interesting. One night, I, I, I get a lot of, um, I'm very grateful for, for the amount of followers I have on Instagram, but I, uh, you know, I spend a fair bit of time on Instagram essentially because I get probably 30 or 35% of my business from Instagram, so it's well worth my while to be on Instagram. But one night I was on Instagram and I seen this lady, and I think she was a nurse, and she, I just, I'm not even sure what happened, but I listened to what she had to say. And she said something, boy, did it ever hit home. And I'd heard this many, many times before, but I never heard the part that she put on on the end before. And what she essentially said was that hurting people hurt people. I'd heard that many, many times. But what she said right after that really hit home. But she says healed people can help heal people. 
And you see, I will be the first to admit, you know, for a lot of years, uh, I, I was not a perfect leader. I did a lot of things that um, somewhat, you know, I, I can't go back in the past. Yesterday ended last night. However, I'm somewhat ashamed of some of the stuff I did. I think, like, most leaders are, uh, but I learned along the way. So, and what's important here is that, you know, since I've made a lot of these mistakes, I'm always willing to share the mistakes that I made with somebody else so they can learn. Because let's face it, that's one of the easiest ways to learn. You know, it's from our mistakes. Like I've said it before, you know, we can learn a lot more from a good scare than we will a lesson. And lots of times, you know, mistakes can scare the hell out of you. And I can't emphasize that enough. You know, I just want to kind of fall back on something. I just, uh, you know, I heard this lady, and this this was a remarkable lady. I remember when I was at a meeting one day, and this lady, I think what really impressed me so much with her is that she was totally deaf. She was stone deaf. She could not hear a word what the actual speaker was saying, you know, at this, at this meeting I was at. And somebody, another nice lady, was actually taking the time I could not do this, but this other lady did, and she was actually taking what the speaker was saying and writing out notes and handing them to her so this lady could read the notes. Very remarkable lady. I got to meet her, and I wish I could remember her name, but I can't. But I remember one time I, 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 was, I was lucky enough to, st- to actually hear her kind of share her story, and she had a really good story. And I remember one time she ended this, this, this story and she said something, she, you know, I've never forgotten and I've shared it with a lot of people. And she said at the end of her story, this lady, the very wise lady, she says, never put a question mark where God has put a period. And, and you know, I love those sayings and I love those quotes like that. There, I, I could live for days off of that. And if you only knew how this lady, and she was not a... A superstar, she was not a world scholar, she was just, I think, a housewife, a nice lady, lots of wisdom, salt of the earth. And I, if you only knew how many times in life, you know, especially in the last 10 years that I've remembered, you know, never put a question mark, you know, where God has put a period. And I've just, I've never forgotten that, I've lived by it, and it's been so rewarding, you know, just to kind of, to, to accept that and to realize that that's, you know, things are meant to be. You know, I would say it was probably eight years ago. I read a book from Wayne Dyer, and, and the name of the book was called I Can See Clearly Now. And Wayne Dyer kind of goes through this book, and I think it was like 50-some little three- or four-page chapters. It was an easy read. You could literally sit down and read a chapter in a, in a, in a minute or you know, in a couple of minutes. It, wasn't, it, was, it was an easy read. But what he essentially did was he, he, he simply took... Um, Everything that happened in his life, starting from really when he was, I think, when he was a baby, it, you know, till the time he wrote the book, and, and he said that everything that happened that he saw along the way had happened for a reason that he had learned from it, and it, it gets back to these teachable moments that I was referring to a minute ago, and I can say the same thing has happened in my life. You know, I, I'm so lucky to have. Uh, I'll give you an example. I, I, I actually, I'm. I'm I, I'm not say, certainly not saying this to boast, but I, I'm lucky enough that I've been to a lot of manufacturing plants literally around the world, that I've seen how manufacturing plants work. Uh, you cannot believe what I learned at the Volvo plant when I went to Sweden. And because of that, because I've learned so much, and, and believe me, I'm like a sponge when I get into those places, because I've learned and seen what they did, I've been able to share that with other people. So that's, you know, like I say, there was a reason for what I went through. My, my, the, I went to the world's best university you could have ever went to, you know, in, in that 25 years on that career. So like I say, I can see clearly now why, you know, all those things had kind of happened. 
Uh, you know, the next thing I want to kind of point out is that for a number of years, I kind of belonged to this uh, organization where I was often asked to, you know, get asked, you know, stand up and give a talk. And it was a simple talk about, you know, some of my experience, strength and hope and, and what, you know, some of what I've gone through and share with others, you know, you know, how my story can help them. So I had a lot of what you'd call speaking experience. So because I had a lot of experience of speaking, I, I wasn't really afraid to speak. And uh, not only that, as I'd like to think I'm better now than I was, because speaking is like anything. It's like a muscle, and the more you use it, the stronger it gets. And I can, you know, get up and talk now, and I really sometimes don't even need, a, you know, a script to go by. I can just, you know, I can just get up and give a talk, and people clap, and they seem, uh, you know, very involved, and they seem excited. So obviously, I must be doing something good. So I think that's important. So like I say, you know, I, there's a whole reason I went through all this stuff, and the constant learning that I've always did. You know, right now, I think on my iPhone, I have, I think it's 223 audiobooks. And I, I, I you know, I... I kind of like to, you know, share with you just how incredibly deaf I am, and I have these hearing aids, and I can listen, I would say I probably average four or five hours a day of listening to either audiobooks or podcasts, I'm continually learning, and, and you would be surprised, you know, what you can learn in a couple hours, you know, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, some of the best learning that I have done, I have done when I went for a run. You know, there's nothing better than going for an hour, an hour and a half run, listen to an audio book, and you're out there, and you're, and you're running through the bush or whatever, and you cannot believe what I can learn when I come back, and I kind of put it down, hey, I want to share that with the group. I want to share that with the group. And some of the stuff is so simple, but I'm going to be honest with you, it's the simple stuff that we're missing today. You know, it's the simple stuff we're missing today. I was with a group on Friday, and I flat out asked the question, I said, how many people here are on social media? And I was actually surprised how few were actually on social media. Like there was, I don't know, 15 in the group maybe, and there might have been four or five that were actually on social media. Um, actually, it's probably about eight maybe were on it, but there was only three or four admitted to putting you know, putting posts on. So I kind of asked the question, I said, look, when you post something on social media, do you go back and check for likes? And I said, well, of course. So I kind of pointed out, well, you know, you see that right there is one of the secrets of success today. You know, we, we're trying to work with with a generation, uh, this next generation, who live for the likes. You know, they essentially live for the likes. And when we're in a leadership role, if we don't tell them that we like them and that we're happy with what they do and and we appreciate what we do, well, guess what? We're going to lose them. And I'm just, it's, it's simple. Like the, the, some of this stuff, you know, it's really, really easy. But boy, oh boy, it can be real hard to do. Like as Jim Rowan put it, anything that's real easy to do is also real easy not to do. And, you know, we have to take the time, you know, because let's face it, we're facing this uh, uh, likes generation. You know, the it, funny thing is, is that, you know, when I first started in business, I had, um, because of my John Maxwell training, I became this John Maxwell certified uh, trainer, speaker, coach, whatever I guess you want to call it, I guess the proper name. But, but they also provide a lot of what I would call... Uh, you know, good business advice because there's a lot of people like myself who are just starting a business and they want to provide support when you first start out. Uh, by no means am I going to say anything negative. I think it's an excellent group. It's an excellent learning opportunity and it, it's all good. However, one of the things that they suggested was that, you know, you got to join the Chamber of Commerce and you got to join all these kind of local things and I'll be honest with you. I thought it was it was good at the time. I thought this was really cool. I've kind of joined the Chamber of Commerce, and you know, it's, I'm out meeting new people. But the funny thing is, is you know, 
I belonged to the Chamber of Commerce for, say, a lot of years locally. Never made a penny. Never made a penny. And I would hold leadership events, never sell a ticket. So the reason I'm pointing this out is that be, you know, sometimes, you know, people with the best intentions are going to give us advice. And, you know, I don't know that it's good advice. But the difference being is I pride myself in working with people who I refer to as taking a shower after work. I'm a blue collar, you know, you know born and raised blue collar. I love working with blue collar people. And, and when you think of it, there's no blue-collar people at a Chamber of Commerce meeting. You know, it, it's, it wasn't my crowd. Now, it was good because I actually got to, uh, you know, because create my elevator pitch and I got to meet a lot of people. And it, was, it, it wasn't bad by any means. But, but the thing that I, that I think that's most curious here is that I, 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 a friend of mine, actually a company I work with, the manager, the general manager of this company, he was very um, actively involved in that. He was actually, if you can see in the background, the picture from the OCA, uh, he was actually, the, I think his proper term was, he was the chair of the OCA for the year. And, and he, uh, you know, he, he general manager, and, and he, he helped me out, and I did a lot of work with his company, and he was just, I look up to him as a mentor. You know, I'll, I'll always be grateful for Mark, you know, for some of the, uh, you know, for the wisdom he gave me. But he kind of suggested, you know, that I should join the Ottawa Construction Association. And you, you got to remember, when you're first starting a business and whatnot, you know, you got to kind of watch what you're doing as far as money goes. And I remember to join the Ottawa Construction Association was, I want to say, probably close to five times what the annual fee was for the Chamber of Commerce. So I, I, there was that too. I'm thinking, geez, I really want to spend that money because I've joined these other things and never made a penny. And, and besides that, and this is the part that I think that, um, that's interesting because, you know, lots of times we have fears and our fears are in our own mind. I was somewhat nervous to join the Ottawa Construction Association because of my affiliation with this, with this company. And I really thought that, uh, I, you know, maybe it was all in my head, but I thought, hey, look, this company is not going to do me any favors. And the chances are they may say negative things about me. I thought, well, gee, I don't know that I want to spend a bunch of money to, in turn, have a company say bad things about me. So I was always kind of somewhat reluctant to join. But, you know, I even mentioned this to a guy that I consider a really good friend that I said to him, I said, you know, I, I, I'd like to join, but I'm a little bit nervous that, you know, that this other company might, uh, you know, you know, not do me any favors. And it was funny what he said to me. He says, Mark, he says, you got to remember, he says, everybody likes you. And he says, a lot of people say good things about you. And he said, I'm not going to say that they say that about that company. So chances are they're not going to believe the company. And I thought, boy, that's pretty good. And, and if you ever listen to Andy Stanley, Andy Stanley often refers to the fact that, you know, if you've got this 500-pound gorilla and, and you got to get out of the cage and wrestle with it, and you got to get stuff resolved. And, and that, for me, joining the Ottawa Construction Association was like that 500-pound gorilla. I was somewhat nervous. I didn't want to go down that road, you know, for fear of, of what could happen. I joined the Ottawa Construction Association. Best move I ever made. You cannot believe how good that has been for my career. You know, I was successful enough, uh, lucky enough, and I did some training there. You know, they let me actually do some of my courses there. And then uh, they, they get into the little bit more serious in the training business. And now I actually facilitate uh, some training courses for the, for the Ottawa Construction Association. And coincidentally, 
at the annual general meeting a couple years ago, they actually put up a picture of me as one of the trainers and kind of broadcasted that I was one of the trainers. And it felt really good in the sense that here's the, the, the organization that I was somewhat nervous to join. And, you know, only a couple of years later, they're showing me off as you know, one of their trainers and, and they're speaking very highly of me. So I just want to point this out. You know, lots of times we have these fears built up on our heads and they're all in our heads. And that happens to me too. You know, because I have sold myself short so many times. And, and I think some of the reason is, is that lots of times, you know, I, I've heard this said before, and I love the saying where the, the gentleman says, you know, never compare your insides to somebody else's outsides. And I've been guilty of that. I try not to do it, but I think I've been guilty of that. And quite often I'll look and see some of the people will say that do the same thing I do. And they're like university scholars or college people, and I'm not like that. And I thought, gee, you know, I don't know that I'm as good as them. But the funny thing is, you know, I have a very unique niche working with some of these companies, and you cannot believe some of the successes that I've been able to bring to some companies, and not only some companies, some people. Not long ago, I was actually working with this one gentleman, and he said to me after the session, he says, you know, Mark, he says, you not only help me with being a better leader, he says, you help me with my life. He said, this is like therapy to me. And then he gave me a big hug. And, you know, you can't buy that. Like, you simply cannot buy that. So like I say, I, 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 I love what I do. You cannot believe what it's been like in 10 years, you know, and... and and the 10 years time, you know, one of the things, both of our daughters now are, are they've, I was lucky enough that I could, you know, because I was no longer working these 70, 80 hour weeks, being on the road all the time, you know, I, I got to take them for, for coffee after school, then they went to university, uh, you know, I got to, to, to take them to university, and, and I remember one year for Christmas, my daughter sent me a, a little card where she said, you know, thanks for making sure I never had to take the bus home. So you cannot believe how good life has given since I started on my own. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm I'm just pointing this out that, you know, it's amazing what 10 years will do. You know, Tony Robbins says that, you know, we overestimate what we can do in one year, but we underestimate what we can do in five years. And that's true. You know, that is absolutely true. Uh, you know, Andy Stanley's wife says, you know, that, you know, the days last forever, but the years fly by. And it's true. You know, it's it's been 10 years. It's been a remarkable 10 years. I, I'm so grateful today that a lot of the business I get today now is um, referrals. Um, I can't think of, you know, really the last time I had to go looking for business. It's almost all referrals and it's repeat business. And I absolutely, I, I love it. I, I love work with groups. I'm so lucky I get into some companies sometimes. And there's, uh, there's one company I was actually supposed to be with today that um, I've been working with them now for, I want to say, two or three years uh, with all the different levels of, of, of the leaders in, in the company. And you, you cannot believe how... You know how they've changed and how I've been able to help them and how they become more successful. I often say any kind of training is a lot like going to the gym. You cannot go to the gym for two solid days and expect to stay in shape forever. You know, a couple hours once a week or whatever, you know, something more consistent is by far more beneficial than you know, two days or one day of solid training. I've seen it, I've proven it, and of course I, I've seen people live it. So I'm so grateful for that. Uh, you know, some of the things we'll say that's changed in 10 years, uh, like when I left the industry 10 years ago, let's just say people were getting somewhat hard to find. Um, 
Today, you cannot believe how many companies that I work with, and, and they're just stressed out because I haven't got enough people. You cannot believe how many times I hear in a week, we could do more week, do more work, but we don't have enough people. We're actually, well, we're just going to put this on hold. We haven't got enough people to do that job this week, so we're just going to put that on hold. We've reached a time in Canada, at least in particular, where you know buying equipment is not a problem. You know anybody can go buy equipment. It's just to get the people that operate it and, and, and the people like the estimators and and the people to do the job, uh, p- people that actually finish concrete and get, do work like that and get their hands dirty. Uh, boy, I'm going to tell you, there it's impossible to find. I drove up. I drove by a a place the other day. Actually, they make uh, interlocking paving stone. And they had a sign up where they were paying a fifteen hundred dollar signing bonus to start working there. Like that's unheard of. That's that's, that's simply unheard of. Uh, I I want to be careful. That's a whole other podcast. Uh, what what the cause is, and I don't I don't want to get too political here. But boy, I was eating breakfast at a hotel last week. I was I was traveling last week, and I was eating breakfast in a hotel. And I was watching the news, and I'm not sure if it was, they had two TVs on, so I forget which one I saw it on. But 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 the lady on the TV, I guess it was Earth Day, and that's why they were doing this. But this lady on the TV said, 45% of Canadians suffer from eco-anxiety. So the environment has got their, their, whatever in the environment has got them so frustrated because the world's going to end that 45% of the people right now are suffering anxiety from this environment, okay? And what's funny is I actually was with a group that morning, and I think there was like 15 in the group, and I said, anybody here suffer with eco-anxiety? Of course, they had no idea what I was talking about. But what's interesting, and I actually posted this on, on Instagram on the weekend, is 100% of companies that I know are suffering from anxiety because they haven't got people. And they can't get people. And sometimes the people that show up, let's just say, uh, you know, they, they don't seem to be um, you know, engaged. Uh, maybe common sense is lacking. And, of course, there's a lot we can do to fix that. I'm not saying I have all the answers, but there's a lot we can do to fix that. But the thing is, is, is now more than ever, we need to be investing in our leadership team. Because let's face it, if you're short of people and you have somebody leave because maybe the leader said something wrong on them, didn't acknowledge them, you know, now more the time, now more than ever is the time to make sure we don't lose people. You know, it, it, we're so focused on getting people that we're not paying enough t- attention, I think, to keeping the people we have. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I heard a story where a couple of people left and apparently... One of the people that left, and he, let's just say we'll call him the most influential one, uh, he wanted to talk with the manager. He was upset, and uh, let's just say he really wanted to talk to the manager and get this, you know, get the air sorted out, okay? The funny thing is, is that the manager walked by him, wouldn't look at him, wouldn't smile, wouldn't do anything. The guy quit. All because the manager wouldn't acknowledge him or smile or do anything when he was upset. There you go. And this company needs people like every other company does. So like I said, there's never been a time, you know, I don't think in the history when we have, you know, uh, we have to work so hard to keep the people we have because there's no people there. You know, I, I, it's so much so 
I actually developed a, a course because another company here locally asked me to do it. Uh, I developed this this course called you know soft skills for the hard hat. Uh, it's funny because at first I called it soft skills for the hard ass, and, and oh, we don't really like the title, but it's it's true. We've got what you'd call hard ass leaders, hard ass managers. I was one, so I, I know they're called hard asses. Okay, that's the real world. They're called hard asses. But, you know, these hard asses, they need soft skills because if you only knew how many good people they're chasing away. You know, we've got people showing up that it takes nothing to upset them. I got it. It's, uh, the stories that I hear, even if half of them are true, we're in trouble. And, and like I say, so, you know, this is where, you know, it's uh, what you got to remember with people, small things are the big things. With people, small things are the big things. It's, it's the saying hello. It's acknowledging them. It's it's the like thing. I, I hope my wife isn't listening to this podcast because you know she's always at me for not spending enough time with her. But the thing is, is the most important thing we can ever give anybody is our time. And boy, that can be really hard to do. Especially you ask anybody today, you go to any job site today, everybody's short of people. You know, the two people called in sick or whatever. And, of course, because of that, of course, the leader has to work twice as hard. And because you know, the person's not there, the leader has to make up for them. So then, of course, when the person, the leader is doing their job and then they're trying to do the job of the person not there, they just don't have time to walk around, the, you know, the plant or the quarry or the construction site, wherever you want to call it, wherever your situation is, you know, to make sure their people are happy. And it's a snowball effect, it's a compound effect, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And I really believe we've got to stop and take the time to fix this problem. Because if we don't, we're going to have nobody. And it's, it's, it's kind of just that simple. You know, I really believe, uh, you know, that these podcasts are good. And it's funny, I was listening to a Jordan Peterson book when I went for a run the other day. And Jordan Peterson says, you know, lots of times we need to talk just so we can think. Because as we're talking, we seem to think. And, and the, so these podcasts are also good for me because I get to do some thinking, you know, as I'm sharing with you, you know, some of the stuff that I have learned. Uh, I just, I, I guess I should probably, uh, you know, kind of call this a quit, but it, it's it's important to see what 10 years has done. Uh, and if you look back where you were 10 years ago, I'm sure you're much further ahead. But I, I'm just, I, I'm so thrilled that, you know, where I am today from where I was 10 years ago, I'm, I'm, I'm a better person. I'm a better husband, for sure. I'm a better father, for sure. You know, there's a whole lot of things that I did. And the thing is, I just got a little bit better every day. And again, my goal has always been just be a little bit better today than I was yesterday. And you can do that, too. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the Nedput podcast. And uh, by all means, please rate us because that's how we get more listeners. Thank you. Mm-hmm.